Welcome to Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's Precious Cat, privately owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission has been to formulate a wide variety of litters for all types of cats, so they keep using their litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. Dr. Elsie has also created clean protein, wet and dry foods that are specifically appropriate for a cat's nutrition needs. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, everything your cat expects you to know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give your kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment. Often sharing my conversation with feline expert Dr. Michael Maria Delgado, along with other cat authors and experts. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival, which brings together short films from around the world that celebrate kitty cats. The festival premieres every fall in New York City and then travels to theaters across America and Canada, with a portion of every ticket going to local cat welfare organizations with the support of Dr. Elsie's. I am so pleased to be able to share another conversation with Zazie Todd. She's the author of Purr, The Science of Making Your Cat Happy. And she is a scientist, in my view. She follows all the other scientists around the world and makes sense of what they have learned. And I think her book is extraordinary because it teaches us all to understand better what smart people are studying and sort of connect the dots. Zazie, thanks for, for coming back. And for all the work you've done on behalf of dogs, cats, and really secondarily many other animals in the process, because you often cite scientists from around the world who have studied animals other than companion animals, but that has informed what those studying companion animals can learn about their dogs and cats. I think that that's an important connection that you make that others miss. Thank you. And thank you so much because it's always a pleasure to come and chat with you. And yes, I think we can learn a lot from a wide range of different animals. And, you know, we can learn about cats even from what we know about dogs and vice versa, yes. of course. And all of these things can help us in our interactions with the animals. So I really love reading about the science and thinking about practical ways that we can use it in our everyday lives with our pets. And I think it's, and you, and you dissect it for us in a way that makes it still, makes us feel, oh, I'm quite smart. I can understand what Zazie's writing about, but also makes it very digestible and, and accessible intellectually. So one of the, the parts of Per, your book, is about the five freedoms and the five yeah. freedoms from things that are very important to a cat's welfare. And in another conversation on on my NPR show, Dog Talk and Kitties Too, we can talk about where those freedoms came from, the Cambridge Declaration on Consciousness. But let's talk about it in terms of cats for today. Can you talk, first of all, about the, the overarching idea of five freedoms, and then we'll go through the five so people can think about whether they're providing that to their cats. Yeah, so basically the idea of five freedoms is that there are these five things that you need to do to have good animal welfare for your pet, but that applies to all kinds of animals as well. Um, and so these five freedoms have been around for quite a while, and there's a slightly newer version of welfare which also talks about providing positive experience because the five freedoms are mainly freedom from. So we all think about 
not letting our animals experience cruelty in any way. Of course, none right. of us will be cruel to our cats. <laughs> we know that we need to feed our cats and provide water and so on. But the five freedoms can guide us to provide better welfare for them. And they have been in use in animal shelters around the world because they help them to care for the cats that they are looking after. But they're also relevant to us as cat guardians and inform how we take care of our cats. And I think it's interesting that the five freedoms are couched as freedom from bad things or, or, or mediocre things. Um, it's interesting because it's a, it's a kind of upside-down way of thinking. We say, oh, let's provide environmental enrichment, but we don't say um, freedom from discomfort, which in your book you say, or perhaps it came from the Cambridge Declaration on Uncon- Consciousness, that it's... A, an appropriate environment, an environment that makes them happy, and yet it's phrased as freedom from discomfort. So didn't that seem kind of like, not a double negative, but kind of a, a hard way to say some, a, a more difficult or complex way to say something positive? And this reflects just how much we've moved on in our thinking about yes. pets. So the five freedoms would be freedom from hunger and thirst, freedom from discomfort, freedom from pain, injury, and disease, freedom to express normal behavior. Now, that's a positive one, obviously, and freedom (laughs) from fear and distress. (laughs) So most of those are freedom from. They're things that you want to prevent happening to your cat. And then the freedom to express normal behavior. This is so relevant to cats. And one of the most obvious examples is when cats are scratching things. Because scratching is a normal behavior for cats, as I'm sure you've talked about many times. Right, but Um, it never hurts to to have it spoken about again especially in a beautiful accent. Oh, thank you. So (laughs) cats have to scratch, basically. A a lot of people get upset with their cat for scratching the furniture, um, and they don't understand that actually their cat has to scratch in order to get a good stretch, in order to take good care of their nails, and in order to deposit pheromones from the, the pads on their paws. And so it's up to us to provide them with scratching posts that the cat actually likes and which are sturdy and nice and tall or horizontal if that's what your cat prefers. And because this is a normal behavior, that this freedom to express normal behavior makes it very clear that this is actually an important tenet of providing good welfare to your cat because it is a normal behavior. So your cat should have the freedom to express that normal behavior. And that's just one example. Of course, there are lots of other normal behaviors that cats like to do uh, and play would be another one that's that's very important Um, and obviously the enrichment activities that we provide are ways of giving cats nice ways to express those normal behaviors like hunting hunting becomes chasing after toys um, and it's it's just giving them those opportunities to do the things that cats normally do and the things that they're hardwired to do, I think it's, it's something that it's difficult for people to always step back and realize that the cat's brain is hardwired to a number of activities, more uh, benign ones like scratching or more aggressive ones like hunting and killing and even eating the thing that you've hunt, hunted and killed. And that's hardwired. So if you take that away, you're interrupting a basic need that is part of their DNA isn't the right word because you're scientific, so I'm not going to mess around and mix mix metaphors scientifically. But it is something that, you know, if you have a really cute rag doll that looks like a stuffed animal, you forget it's also part of it is wired to be wild and have wild tendencies 
that it needs to express or it's not going to be having a good life and it may make your life miserable too. Do you think that's part of the problem is how cute some cats look, particularly some of the purebreds? They do look incredibly cute. And I think people need to remember that just because they look so cute, they're still cats like any other cat and they still have the same needs as other cats. And so they do still need these opportunities to to hunt, a.k.a. play, because, of course, in our lives, we're not letting our cats, unless they're barn cats, they're not really actually having the chance to hunt. But luckily, the chance to chase the one toy or to play with their own toys lets them engage in those hunting behaviors. And the ways, if you watch a cat play with their toys, the ways in which they're playing, it is exactly like their hunting behaviors. And so we're lucky that we have this way that we can still let them engage in this kind of behavior and it's satisfying to them and it's good for their welfare. And there's no point in trying to stop them from trying to do these things. And also, if they can't do it, they're likely to have behavior issues as a result because they really have a need to do these things. It's a deep frustration that builds up, and then it expresses itself in ways that we might consider not uh, polite or, or some such you know, human-centric word. Of course, the other thing that that play does is allow us to deepen the bond with a cat in ways that are appropriate for the cat. Some cats like some hugging and kissing and a certain amount of stroking, but it's always limited. And so since that's how we think of expression of, of intimacy or affection, it's really important that the hunting behavior is something we do with them because that's the way they really can bond to us. They know that we're involved. I mean, they're not fools. They're not stupid. Yeah. They know it's <laughs> not really a caterpillar. You're on the other end of it. But to that end, Zazie, one of the other things in your book, Per the Science of Making Cats Happy, is that you have to play with these toys mindfully. You don't just wiggle it around in some generalized way while you're, you know, chatting on your phone or texting. You have to put your heart and soul into it and become a caterpillar and be a caterpillar in a way that will be intriguing to a cat. That's something that I think people think, well, I'll just wiggle this thing or or even people take the, the toy at the end of the wand toy and kind of bat the cat with it. What caterpillar ever attacked a cat? It's not very realistic, right? (laughs) Yeah, and I think people can find that frustrating because they expect that they just pick the toy up and the cat is going to go wild. But you have to learn how to play with the cat. And every cat is individual. So if you have multiple cats, you'll probably find that each cat has their own preference for a particular type of toy anyway. And as you say, no caterpillar walks right up to a cat. No mouse goes right up to a cat. (laughs) There would be something very wrong with them if they did. So you have to learn to make the toy move as if it's a prey item. And that's a skill for us. I mean, it's not hard to learn, but it is something that it takes time to learn. Um, But if you're paying close attention to your cat, you can see when they're watching and you can see when their butt starts to wiggle and you know when they're going to kind of leap for it. And that can help you learn how to make it even more exciting for the cat. But it it does take time and it does take effort and you can't do it half-heartedly while you're watching something on TV. (laughs) Exactly the point. So let's just talk about, with with the time left, the, the other freedoms, like freedom from fear and distress. So most people don't understand that cats are in a state of stress a lot of the time, and they are also prey animals as well as predators. So fear is also part of their survival skill, even if they've only ever, you know, been a, 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 
a beloved indoor pampered cat. So how do we avoid or ensure conditions that avoid mental suffering, which is how you put it in your book? Avoid mental suffering. Yes. People don't know their cat's suffering at all, Zazie. No, and that's one of the things that I think we really need people to learn because people don't tend to think of cats as having emotions, but all animals do. So your, your cat can suffer, and actually we know that behavior issues from a poor home environment is the biggest welfare issue that's affecting pet cats. And so freedom from fear and distress is really important because there are lots of things that actually may, might make cats a little bit afraid or even a lot afraid. Um, and the obvious one people think of is going to the vet, and there's a lot you can do to make going to the vet easier, right. such as training your cat to like going in their carrier. And there's a plan for that at the back of Purr, if that's helpful. It is very um, helpful. But also simply giving your cat the chance to have spaces to hide because the cat's natural response to stress is going to be to run and hide. They don't like to have to face things and fight. Um, another one would be simply, you mentioned petting, not petting your cat when they don't want it. Um, thinking about how your cat would actually like to be petted. Most cats don't want to be hugged. Most cats would like petting to be short, and they're going to get a bit stressed out if you're hugging them and petting them for a long period of time. They would like the choice of when to be petted and yes. the freedom to leave when they've had enough yes. of it. So giving your cats choice is really important. And for example, if you have someone come over and your cat runs and hides, maybe you want to show them your cat because you've got this wonderful, cute cat, but the cat is hiding, but you have to let the cat hide. Because otherwise, you. if you force them out of their hiding place, they're going to be quite stressed. Um, and if you leave them, actually, they will come out in their own time and they will be much more cute then because they'll be cute <laughs> and relaxed and comfortable. <laughs> and your friend will believe you that you have a cute cat instead of thinking, God, she's got a psycho cat. You know, these kind of terrible uh, adjectives that are put on cats who are simply doing what comes naturally to them, self-preservation and survival. And, you know, hauling the cat out from under the, the sofa or the bed to show the cuteness of it is, is really counterproductive on so many levels. So, yeah, in, in fact, if you just sit in the middle of the floor or have your friend who comes over sit in the middle of the floor, cats are naturally curious. They'll be very curious to come out as long as they aren't being forced to, or as you say, they have choice on their own on their own terms. Yes, exactly. If you get down to the cat's level and give them a choice and don't stare at them because they don't really like being stared right. at either. Right. But then they, they will right. come up to you because they're very curious. Most cats are socialized around people. They're happy to spend time around people, but they really want it to be something that they are in control of and that they have choices of. And that's so important for their welfare. I think that's really, that word is such a touchstone in our, in, in sort of in the understanding that keeps, we keep growing and adding to about all animals, but particularly cats, is choice. Choice really matters. So I cannot recommend enough Zazie Todd's book, Purr, The Science of Making Your Cat Happy. And we've been talking about the five freedoms that are in the book, and I think there's a lot to be learned from them. It's not exactly what you think, and that's what makes the book. And I hope this conversation intriguing and inspiring to you. Thank you again, Zazie. Thank you very much. 
Thank you for listening. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and appreciation of cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's Precious Cat, which created their own clean protein cat foods, inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey, to better satisfy a cat's appetite with ingredients naturally intended for her body. 90% of the protein in clean protein is animal-based, not plant-based as in many cat foods, which can compromise cat's health. Clean protein is the first dry cat food I can personally recommend as a healthy choice, although I always hope that wet food will be your cat's primary diet. Thanks again for being here.